What is up, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Birdie here. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to consistently attract dream clients. Clients are an essential part of any business, and there are some people who they go for whatever client they can get, and this could result in not attracting the best people or really doing work that you don't feel like doing just for the sake of having that income. So how do we have this perfect blend of being able to do work that we love while being able to attract these dream clients that we also love. That's going to be the focus of this episode today. We are joined by a podcast host, Hay House author and creator of Market Your Genius. That is the guest who joins us today. She's been doing all these different things. A little more about Market Your Genius, though. It is a training and development brand that is on a mission to equip entrepreneurs with the tools and resources that they need to share and profit from their message. So our guest who joins us, she is none other than Nikki Nash. Nikki, welcome to the show. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. Nikki, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And so many people, we think we want more clients, we want more clients, but is this the right mentality for getting dream clients? Like, do we just say we want more dream clients or, is there a different focus that goes beyond the numbers? Like, what is the difference between people who they get more and more clients that maybe they aren't that good versus getting more clients that also fit the dream category? Yeah, well, I'm a big believer that you will get what you ask for. And I have definitely asked for more clients and then uh, regretted it, you know, like whether you, whatever you believe in, I put it out in the universe. Like, I'm going to go for more clients. And I was just, taking clients because, you know, I wanted more. And I would say for anybody who really loves what they do and wants to continue loving what they do and maybe avoid working with, um, what one of my friends, um, Shamika calls PETA clients, which stands for pain in the, and you can fill out the, uh, the A word (laughs) there, um, clients, then it's so important to get clear on who would be a dream client. And, come up with your marketing plan specifically to attract them. And it's okay if you're essentially alienating anybody who isn't your ideal client, if you can really connect with them and get them over and over and over again. And I really like that insight because I think so many people, they just focus on getting more and more without thinking, are these the clients I actually want to have? So as Nikki mentioned, what is a dream client to you? A dream client to me is going to be a little bit different from Nikki's version of a dream client. And you're gonna have a different version of your own dream client, but you have to define what a dream client is for you. Do you recommend any activities or questions we could ask ourselves to figure out what truly constitutes our dream client? Yeah, you know, I do a lot of these exercises um, that are similar in nature, but have a different spin on them. And uh, this is a variation of my future forecast episode or exercise where you think about like the future and you write out what life looks like in, in that time frame. So when it comes to dream clients, what I like to have people do is picture yourself with like the exact number of clients you want to have making the exact amount of money you want to have. And then sit down and go, okay, who are you actually working with? What do you do when you wake up in the morning? How do you work with your clients or customers? What is it that you're um, helping them with? Are they on the phone with you all the time? Maybe um, you're only talking 
you know, ever so often, but the results that they're getting are amazing. You know, sit down and paint that, uh, that future vision of what having a full roster of dream clients and customers looks like for you, what you're doing, how you're spending your time, how you're connecting with them, what they're saying about you. And that that's a part of, um, a dream testimonial exercise I have people do, which is, you know, write out your own testimonials. Don't post them anywhere, but write what you want people to say about you. And that'll give you even more insight into who you want to work with, how you want to work with them, things along those lines. And I, that's a definitely a different answer from what I was expecting. And I really like this perspective, but a lot of people say, is create the avatar for your client. Like, are they big business or small business? What's their income? Uh, some people like have to go really deep. Like you have to look for the parent who has two young kids because maybe you do SAT stuff. So there's a lot of different ways you go into avatar, uh, which certainly there is merit to it. But Nikki is taking this how do I feel throughout all this? Like a lot of people, they just, let's create the avatar. Let's create this ideal customer, which is a good practice, but you don't really think, do I want to attract this avatar? Do, does attracting this group of people make me happy? Like, how do I want to feel about my work, about my client relationships and about all of the elements that go into operating a successful business? I really like that flipping of the roles where we think about how, do I want to feel throughout this whole process? But we have this idea. Let's say we do that exercise. We figure out how we want to feel, what type of relationship we want to have with our clients. How do we then go about finding these clients? Because there are a bunch of different ways to find prospects, but what would you suggest as some ways to start finding potential clients? Yeah. And I love what you said earlier, because I do believe in creating dream client avatars and things along those lines. But I worked in corporate for a long time. And what often happens is, you know, you create an avatar and then different people have different interpretations of who that avatar really is. And so I like to have people start with, you know, what does the relationship look like? How do you feel? Then from there, you can start painting a clear picture of, okay, now if I had one client over and over again, what do they look like? You can build out your avatar. And then the very first step after you have like that avatar person written out is to go, okay, where is this person spending their time? And I have people write a full list. You know, um, there's something called an empathy map that I used a lot um, back in the day. It's, it's essentially, and you can Google empathy map and, and you'll find um, tons of examples of them. But essentially you put yourself in the shoes of your dream client and customer and you go, okay, where are they spending their time? What are they seeing on a regular basis? What are they hearing? What's going through their head? And you paint a really holistic picture of what it's like to be in their shoes. And then from there, you can go, okay, where is every place that they're spending their time online? And then focus on the one to maybe two places that you know you can show up and show up and rock it. You know, like if my ideal client is on 15 social media platforms, I'm not going to show up on 15 social media platforms. I'm going to choose the one, maybe two that I know that I can consistently show up and rock so that they see me over and over and over and over again. And they're like, man, you know, I may not see Nikki on LinkedIn and Twitter and Pinterest and YouTube, but she is all up in Instagram. Right. And I see her all the time. That could be um, a good way to go is, is figure out where the, your ideal avatar or person is spending their time and then choose, especially at first, like one place that you can rock, especially with some platforms like Instagram having like 5 million 
um, opportunities <laughs> between like reels and stories and live and IGTV, you know, you choose one platform and you go all, all up in there, go deep in that one platform. And I really like that perspective, especially how Nikki mentions Instagram and all different capabilities. It's interesting because Instagram isn't really my bread and butter when it comes to social media. Now, I know there are people who they do work very similar to me, that Instagram is their jam. They're able to use it, get potential clients, but it's not something that I prioritize at the moment. And I've dabbled in it from time to time. The results, some of them are good, some of them not so good, but I know that my better results come from other platforms. Like YouTube is really good for me. Twitter is really good for me. So you want to definitely dip your toe into the water on all these social networks. But as Nikki mentions, you want to really get clear on one to two platforms where you will focus most of your time on because that's how you build a really strong community. And with a strong community, it is easier to find potential clients in there. Now, as we continue to build our communities, and you don't need hundreds of thousands of followers for this to work for you. Some people, you just have a few hundred, they're very targeted, they become clients. How do we make that transition from follower to client? What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really tell people to remember that you're dealing with people and to have a client or customer, it's no different than you know making a new friend or finding a partner, like with dating, you, there are certain steps that are logical that you go through. You typically don't walk up to a stranger in the bar and go, hi, I want to get married. And so you don't want to do the same thing metaphorically online. And so, um, so one of the things you'll want to do is go, okay, let's say for me, for example, podcasting is one of my top platforms. It's actually not Instagram. I just know a lot of people like Instagram, but for me, it's podcasting. So for me, if I'm going to show up on podcasts, I'm going to show up and add value and be of service to the person that I want to build a relationship with and ideally have my client or customer. And then I say, Hey, you know, if you want, um, more than this engagement or interaction that we just had, here's a way to connect with me further. And maybe that's joining your email list. Maybe it's joining your Facebook group. Maybe it's, you know, sliding into your DMS or, you know, exchanging phone numbers. So you want to choose the one way that you want your leads to kind of, or the, your prospects to really become leads and really have a way to consistently communicate with them. And then it's like, okay, well, we have uh, your contact information. Let's go on our first date. And if you're selling something that's a lower ticket, that first date may actually be um, you know, something really short in a sale. But if you're selling something that's high ticket, you may go through a number of metaphorical dates before you make an offer just to make sure that you're the right person to help them and they're the right client for you. And so that window could be a bit longer. And I really like how Nikki mentions the price point. If you're selling a $3 book, a lot of those that I have, then it's easier to get that conversion. There are some people who I talk with and it only takes not that long at all to sell a book. But if you're selling a $100 course or $1,000 coaching, then that takes considerably longer to build that relationship. A lot of people, they won't think as much when it comes to buying something for like $3 or $5, as long as they see the value behind it. But even if you could respect and see the value behind the $100 or $1,000 offer, even if you see the value, that price tag is going to create more hesitancy, which 
you need to be building that relationship a lot longer if that is the type of offer you want to sell. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when it comes to us reaching out to all these different people and turning some of them into clients, how do we maintain all of these relationships? Because like if you're sliding into people's DMs and they're sliding into your DMs and you're responding to people through email, especially when you've got like all these different platforms you're hearing from potential clients, how do we manage all of these relationships? Yeah. And it could honestly be a bit crazy depending on um, how many people you're communicating with. And so what I really encourage people to do is to have a main place that you communicate with someone. So even if you meet someone on YouTube, if you know that you'll do better if, you know, you're boxing or text messaging or, you know, sending DMs on Facebook, then try to migrate the conversation over there so that you can see all of them in one place. If it's email, there's um, CRM systems. I think it's like customer relationship management systems. You know, you use acronyms for years and then you're like, what does that even (laughs) actually stand for? Um, But I think it stands for like customer relations management tools. But essentially it's, it's, um, you put all your emails in one place and you're able to track like, oh, okay, I, um, spoke to this person on this day and leave yourself a little note. Oh my goodness. I need to remember to contact them in two weeks. Let me set up a little alarm or something to go off so that it either automatically sends them an email or I remember to go do it. So you want to, um, if you're doing something with email, there are, um, customer CRMs. We'll just call them CRMs. You can look them up. There are a ton. Um, or you can do email automation where you have people go through the same sequence, um, active campaign, um, keep, uh, formerly Infusionsoft, both of those do both um, CRM and um, marketing automation where you have those emails go out automatically. If you're having people in, let's say, a Facebook group or sliding into your DMs or something like that, I go old school. I create this crazy, um, it's basically a Google spreadsheet, though I've since moved to Airtable, but I just create this crazy document that's just a list of who am I speaking to, who do I need to follow up with? Who is not really a good fit? So maybe if they're not a good fit, I'll just um, have them on, maybe it's a general marketing automation where they keep hearing from me until maybe they become a fit. Maybe the fit is not that they're a bad person or I don't like them, but maybe they're not um, at the right maturity from a business perspective to actually warrant working with me or something like that. So you don't want to, um, uh, how do I, <laughs> how do I say this? You don't want to like, completely cut people off if they could be um, a yes in the future, but you maybe don't put all of your attention there because, you know, you could metaphorically date someone for 10 years before they propose. And maybe you're like, actually, I would like a proposal sooner, metaphorically. So you just kind of keep talking to them, but you know, you uh, date someone who is uh, willing to move a bit faster, metaphorically. I'm not telling everybody to go date like 5 billion people or anything, but just... (laughs) using that analogy, but pretend it's for business. And I really like how Nikki, she tracks stuff through spreadsheets. That's very useful to have a resource. You can go and check all of the relationships, how you've progressed in them, what message needs to go out next. That's very powerful. And to be able to redirect people to a single point of communication, like LinkedIn messages, I get so many spammy ones that I'll look and I'll sometimes see a good one. And I'm like, darn, if I saw this good one in the sea of spam. So I definitely like that idea a lot of just saying, this is the central place where 
you can reach out to me, whether it's email or social media messages, whatever best works for you. But having that type of structure is going to help build out the relationships in a way where we could eventually see some of these leads turn into dream clients. Nikki, I know you help people who have all these different questions on marketing. So where can we go to follow all the work you're doing? Yes. So, um, since you guys like podcasts, probably the easiest way to keep hearing from me, I have a podcast called Market Your Genius. Um, so that would be a great place to go. And if you actually are like, no, Nikki, I want to talk to you, sliding into Facebook Messenger for some reason. I don't really like Facebook, but I love Facebook Messenger. That's the easiest way to get me. So you can find me at Nikki Nash Official. Um, I am on Facebook Messenger. And uh, if it's cool with you, I'd like to give one more tip for folks. Definitely. So thank you. So for folks who are like, oh my goodness, but as you mentioned, you know, people are reaching out on LinkedIn and it's, I'm, I'm not seeing them. What I do uh, with my other platforms is you can either put on your profile or I, if you can do autoresponders, I, for email, for example, I hate email. If you email me, I will not respond. Okay. I actually have an assistant that now manages my email because I just don't like email. I like things where I can leave voice memos. So um, I have an automatic it's your autoresponder. Every email that comes in, I'm like, hey, thanks so much for an email. If you need this, here's where you go. If you need this, here's where you go. If you would like to actually speak to me, DM me here or do this. And so it's, uh, you can make it so that as people see you, that they go, oh, okay, I get that you're probably never going to respond to this. So let me communicate with you in the way that will work best for you so that I actually speak with you, which is what people want. So that's my, that's my reco. I love that tip. Definitely something people should incorporate because we may be act active on all these different social networks, but that doesn't mean we're checking them each day. We've got a few of our favorites and you want to direct the conversation there. That's why you want to reach out to Nikki. You go over to her Facebook message and you shoot her a message there. You start a conversation. You could also tune into some of her conversations on her podcast. All those links will be in the show notes for anyone who wants to follow Nikki and her work. But Thank you so much for coming on Breakthrough Success. It was a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much. It's been a blast.